we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of Urgency of Change. This week's episode is an interview by Frank Waters. Next week is Krishnamurti in conversation with David Bohm entitled A Feeling for Something Sacred. This is a podcast from Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. For more information about our activities and programs, such as our volunteer program at Brockwood Park in the UK, we are online at kfoundation.org. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. Here you will find daily quotes, video extracts and more. Frank Waters was a well-known American author based in New Mexico. His books include novels, biographies, histories and essay collections. Known as the grandfather of Southwestern literature, he was nominated for the Nobel Prize several times. His interview with Krishnamurti took place in Malibu, California in 1972. Subjects include What brings about receptivity? Speaking to the unconscious The little self and the big self How Krishnamurti's teachings work the destruction of the planet, sleep, and kundalini. I will start with the question, if I may, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, when I came here uh, two days ago, I happened to meet two people whom I had known 35 years ago, and... Uh, both of these people uh, told me they had been listening to your talks for 35 years. And uh, what struck me, as well as some of these crazy questions that you were asked, these people showed no signs of having understood at all what you've been saying. Now, the, the question kind of comes to my mind is this. Uh, if a person is prepared, they get what you have to say immediately, in a flash. They get the thing. And other people can go years or a lifetime, and they don't get it. Now the form my question would take, is there a, a natural, I hate to use the word evolution, but a long preparation before people are ready? 
In other words, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. <laughs> Yesterday in the afternoon, I saw a group of people, and one of them was quite young. She's at probably first year in college, and she's already caught and very conditioned in a peculiar, uh, self-satisfied, self-criticizing, which gives her gratification, if you know what I mean. Yes, sir. And it was very difficult to move her out of that little groove. And perhaps that's what happens with most people, don't you think? That they start out wanting to find out, wanting to live differently, wanting to have different kind of life, affection and all the rest, and suddenly find they are caught in a trap and can't get out. And you are saying, are you, sir, that one needs a considerable preparation to to understand what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm not at all sure. I know people in India and Europe here who have set out deliberately preparing themselves in quotation marks, mm-hmm. studying, observing, uh, meditating, all these are quotation marks. And somehow, though they think they have prepared themselves, it doesn't seem to do a thing. I know friends whom I have known for Oh, forty years. <laughs> if anything, are far worse. See, is it, is it a matter of preparation, or is it? A quality of mind that has really gone through a great deal of trouble, great deal of pain and not come to any any conclusion, any barrier, any resistance. I have lived. Please, here it is. Well, I think that's closer to what I had in mind, because uh, I don't mean by preparation uh, an intellectual striving no, no, no. to do it at all, no. but I mean that a person reaches a certain receptiveness and they don't know how they reach it. Yes. But there comes a point, and everything opens, opens. up, yes. and then they are ready. But until they get to that point, no. all preparation won't do a bit Therefore, of good. How, do you, how does one come to that state of mind that is, as you call, receptive? Yes, that's what I'm trying to that's get at. Get at. Yes, yes, that's what I'm trying to Correct. get at. now. Uh, A a small child 
I think is very open and receptive. And then they go to school. And then they're destroyed. And all the pressure, mm -hmm. and they rationalize everything, develop that mind till it rationalizes everything, and then they can't get anything, mm -hmm. because you can't get this through mentation. mentation. Now, then there has got to come to another stage, it seems to me. How, how, how is one to, have to be receptive? You know, I saw once uh, a lady came to see me who was the head of a health organization in India, or high, high up. And she was, she said, You know, I'm a Catholic and I totally disapprove of uh, sex. Mm? And she was the head of, an org of health. And to reach God, you must have no sex. And I said, My, you mean you're condemning the whole world because of your you follow? Mm -hmm. She was adamant about it. You couldn't penetrate. Mm -hmm. So what makes one receptive? If I could uh, answer that, I think I wouldn't be here. No, I think we'll find out. <laughs> I think I think we'll you know? find out. Yes, I understand. Yes, I think we understand. Is it suffering? Suffering and not finding a solution. Not find coming to a conclusion that says, "Well, I've gotten over my sorrow." Well, I think that can be reached, but I take uh, uh, the example again of, of a small, innocent child who has had no suffering, but they are receptive, aren't they? Uh, are they curious? They are. They want to find out. They're eager. Hmm? I remember a little girl of six, and uh, she asked me. We were sleeping out on the lawn at night watching the stars, and she said, uh, uh, Where did I come from and who was I before I came here? Now, this was six. She is a receptive child. But we are grown up. Mm -hmm. And we are not apparently receptive. And we have to deal not with children, with grown up people, mm -hmm. because they are shaping the world. Mm -hmm. And how do you how does one make them receptive? We can we can put aside, sir, the politicians. Mm -hmm. They are not receptive. Mm -hmm. Nor the people who are deeply conditioned in a religious belief. That's out. Nor the people who have their vested interest in the army, navy, or in business. They're out. <laughs> then there are very few left. Hmm? That's right. And how will you, how can one help them to be receptive? Or what makes them receptive? 
they have a beastly time in life. Hmm? Uh, is it suffering? Is it a sense of dissatisfaction with everything? I think one somehow, uh, even without realizing, has got to reach a dead end. Which means what? That just it. But you see, we never reach a dead end, as you call it, because there are all these rational people have supplied the answers to everything wrong. Always saying that a man who hasn't come to any end, who hasn't come to any conclusion, to any caught in any concept, is only such a person is capable of reception. But as all the world is this. I've talked a great deal in India, and there are very, very few, from what I may be mistaken, but I hope I have, very, very few who, who have no, who haven't a concept, you understand, sir? Yes, yes, I do. Who haven't an image in which they're caught. So, what what makes what brings about receptivity? If you have great affection, a sense of great love, nature of you understand the beauty and human being, that great if you have it and I'm not receptive, I, I am not capable of I'm only I'm capable of great deal of rationalization. Perhaps you do affect me. Deep down. You know, I may not be conscious of it. Yeah. I may not be able to put it into action or put into words, but I've already felt you. And that may be the only thing I can one can do. You talk not to my rational mind, but my unconscious. Yes, I think that's true. Mm-hmm. To my to my subtler depths. Do you think that's uh, shown by all these foolish questions you're asked after a talk? You reach I'm these pretty, people. Yes. Down yeah, here, down where they feel it, but they can't rationalize it yeah. immediately. Yes, yes, yes. And they are going to rationalize it presently because it is too disturbing. You Truly. plant the yeast for it to work yeah. later. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that may be, unless you are very old and you know, mm. absolutely brutalized. Then there is no answer to it. But. It may be on the out, on the depths of the unconsciousness. Your love, your friendship, your sense of beauty, your sense of 
adoration of nature and all that, he said, that will affect me. And I think that's generally what happens. In reading through a lot of uh, your answers to questions, some of these so, questions, that sometimes I was confused because they are very rational, involved questions, and you when you try to answer them rationally, it gives rise to more oh. rational questions. <laughs> so it's all tied up in a knot. Whereas what you've really done, if you just let it stand and stop this, is that appeal yes. Yes. to deeper depths and let yes. it rest. I guess I think that's what. Mm -hmm. takes place. Mm -hmm. I remember talking to a man who was dying. He wanted to live very much. Uh, to him death was something dreadful and he was dying and he wanted he was already deeply in politics and he wanted to live because he wanted to become a minister or some blah you follow something or other and he wanted to live. So there were two things, the desire to live and knowing that he was dying. The doctors assured him, he said, please help me to live. I don't want anything. I know the moment I live I can make my way. I said, sir, you're, I mean, it's obvious you're dying. Hmm? Be quiet, for God's sake, be quiet. See what happens. He said, but I can't. I want to live, I've got to... You follow, sir? The, the desire to live was much harder, much stronger than the fact of death. And I saw him several times, and one day he said to me, you're quite right, I must be quiet. Then perhaps I'll get well. I think it does operate that way. You have to have both the rational and the, if we can call it irrational, you were not not put together by yeah. rationality. Yeah. You have to; these two have to walk together. If you can't get this rationally, and you get it through here, what in us? understands. Now it's it's not the uh, sensory apperceptions that we have. The five senses become aware and it's not an intellectual no. thing. So what is it? What is it within us that understands? Uh, uh, yes. 
Do you think we have closed all the windows? Or we have left a window half open of which you are unconscious? And through that little aperture comes fresh air. We generally close all our windows. Perhaps there is one corner which we have not even thought about. And what comes in? Uh, the whole comes in. Yes, yes. You can't have a little part come through. Uh, uh, so the whole thing comes in, it's there. Yeah. And that's what understands. Yes. Uh, could you equate that to, uh, I guess they call it in India, the self? Or is that something else? Uh, no, your... no, they will have to be careful in India, yeah. as in the West. The idea. They, in India, they think there is a super self. Mm-hmm. They call the Atman, mm-hmm. the super entity, which exists in darkness. Mm-hmm. The darkness is my conduct. You know all that outward layers, and it is that that is appealed to. It is that that begins to say yes. Right, sir? You know. It is that that begins to break down. Mm-hmm. I am not sure it works that way. Mm-hmm. That is still a rationalization. You, yeah, you can't put these things into words, uh, no. no. They, have, they have rationalized it very, very cleverly, thought it all out most beautifully. I met the other day, three, two, last, not last, went winter before last, an old gentleman who was 110. He was a teacher, a school teacher, and he gave it all up and became a monk. Studied, 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 you know. And when you ask him a question, out it pours. Words, words, words. So, no, no, please. I didn't want to interrupt, but <clears throat> this business of the self has so many connotations because, uh, well, we call call the ego, ego. the ego, the self, with the, the little s, and then the big this s. mysterious thing with the big yes. s. So you never know, uh, most people don't know just what self you're alluding to. I think uh, to say big self or little self is still self. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, the ego is only a small part of the whole, so it must be part of the self. No, no, wait a minute, no. When we use the word self, either we are saying the self is the whole Mm -hmm. world, the whole, uh, the whole of life, mm-hmm. without any division, mm-hmm. and that may be called uh, God, Brahman, or any name given to it, which is still 
the product of my thought. Or the product of those people who have said there is a Brahman, there is a super soul. Now, it is still within the field of rationalization, within the field of thought. And it's not within the uh, field of instinct to feeling that. Instinct also is quite a little bit dangerous too. Yes, yes. Intuition is dangerous too. So, whether it is the super self or the little self, why are we concerned with the super self? The big self with the big S. I don't know anything about it actually. I imagine I want it. I hope it exists. Hmm? I pray for it. I because I live a stupid, monstrous life, and I hope someday that I'll capture that. So it is still my longing for something which I call the big self. If when I, when the little self has understood and wiped itself out, there is something which why should we call it anything? I don't know if I'm going. No, I think that's right. If you can wipe out the little self, and uh, that's all that matters. That's uh, all that matters. Your problems are over. That's all. Yes. You see, they don't tackle that. You follow, sir. They ta- they go after all the other things except this. Yes, you can't uh, steal second base and keep your foot on first base. This is it. <laughs> That's what you're saying. <laughs> I don't quite follow the um, baseball terminology. <laughs> Well, it's a game uh, they play, and a man hits a ball, and he has to run from this spot clear up there. So he can't reach second base and still keep his foot on the first one, you know? (laughs) But but I'm still trying to get at uh, what is it understand? I think, sir, understand takes place when my mind is really quiet. There's nothing then that really understands. There's nothing to understand. But once you wipe out this little self, then it takes place. It's there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now. You see, that's one of the most interesting things. They all say you must wipe out the self. Hmm? They know that is the real barrier, and yet somehow it doesn't happen. Well, the small self is the mind and mind, thought. Yeah, the whole, the whole. So way to of wipe living. out the small self, you've got to stop thought, erase thought. Yeah. Yes. But you see. Therefore, they introduce another factor into this. To stop that thought, there must be a higher agency that stops it. 
I think you brought that out in the talk yesterday. Yes, that, yes. yes. If you have the higher agency doing it, uh, yes, it, that agency is still the yeah, sure. It's part of the yes. Now, if you could go a little bit, what makes one receptive? What is it that really makes one? Enter into a into a stream, into a life, which is you know what. As you said that you met those two people for thirty-five, they have etc. etc. And they haven't got a thing. Why? Well, I think what would help to make you receptive. I don't know what the answer is, uh, but it's the diminution of, of the little self. Because we're so selfish, I know. so bound up within ourselves that we can't see the other person, or uh, the little area outside. Outside, I know. But what will? But will do this? What will do this? Yes. Because probably ninety-nine percent of the people are there. and they control the world. They shape the world. And the one percent, they may talk, they may be receptive, they may perhaps they do affect the deep unconscious of the ninety-nine. I mean, after all, Jesus myth is that. And all the, and I think that it is so. The Buddhists, the Hindus, they have done such propaganda. You know what I mean? They, wasn't there a time when, on the television or on the radio, there was subliminal advertising, advertisement, commercial? I think there was. Yes. And it was stopped. Uh -huh. There it is. Uh huh. How dangerous all this is! We have become so clever. Yeah, I think that's a very, very dangerous thing to tamper with somebody like that. It's bad enough to appeal to reason. And thinking of this same same thing, receptiveness. Now, I'm thinking of our Indians, our traditional Indians, that were very instinctively receptive. In in America, though, yes. Yes, in America here. And then there there were like the small child. Uh, thinking about. Now they are are becoming like white people because they are developing that rationality and they're losing this really? feeling. So these people are 
going to be if they're not now in a very bad state. Uh, even Indians uh, have a name for some of these people becoming so white. They call them Apple Indians. Apple Indians. Red on the outside and white on the inside. They're <laughs> <laughs> quite good. <laughs> So we have more and more of these people that are losing that fine thing that they had now, and they're becoming like white. Now, if I would set two or three of them down to listen to you talk, do you think you would reach them through rationality? I don't. I don't think so. I think you would have to appeal yeah. to that inner thing, that wordless thing, to reach them. You see, sir, I have met some monks in India. They come to see me. They have taken vows of silence, vows of celibacy, you know, all yes. the rest of it. And they are one of the most difficult people to talk to. You follow? Mm-hmm. Because they, are, they know what you are saying is right, here, mentally, logically and so on, but the vows, the determination, the wall they are built around themselves is almost impenetrable. You, I'm showing the other side, this, the receptive and the people who want to be receptive and train themselves to be receptive, or We weren't there the other day. I met the three or four people came to see me who had known, who were involved in the, in the various societies to which I belonged and so on at one time. Or rather, I didn't belong, doesn't matter. And they could not break. They were established there and they were caught there and you could talk your head off, and yet they were... They say, you're perfectly right. This is what... You follow, sir? Yes. Yes, sir. And probably that is the real fact that you you talk rationally, explain logic and all the rest of it, but actually you are touching people at a deeper level, without their knowing it. Perhaps something will happen, unless they are hard-boiled and gone. I'll tell you this very interesting. I used to know a man, he is dead now, very, very rich, multimillionaire. 
he used to come and see me several times. And he said one day, one morning he came, he said, you know, I'm getting terribly disturb disturbing dreams, which I never had before. I've been li I've listened to you for the last fortnight, and they're getting worse and worse and worse. What am I to do? I said, why, why are you follow, sir? <laughs> and at the end, after four uh -huh. months, he never came. Yeah. That's the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just on the point of hearing you say, I told him not to come. <laughs> yes, I did. You, you, I did. You had done the work, yeah. <laughs> Planning the time bombs. <laughs> I think it works that way. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, we were talking at lunch yesterday about uh, the emergence of a new yeah, yeah. group. I got thinking last night, you know, all over uh, our Indians here in the United States and Mexico and Guatemala, so on, all have this. Uh, tradition, the myth of, of four successive worlds, like the, like the Buddhist cosmography. You see four the successive Hindus, worlds. And uh, huh. it's about time, according to old belief, for the emergence of New world. the fifth world. Right. Now, this huh. is a, a mythological parallel, of course, but it's Apparently, each world represented a stage right. up like a, a staircase, like the steps of a pyramid, which follows this same thing. So we're ready for the fifth. Right. Now, they call this an emergence. Now, what you're talking about is the same thing. Yeah. The emergence is beginning to happen. Yes, See, we're entering a new stage. And this gets back to our, our the beginning of our conversation. The progressive stages. That is the thing that bugs me that there must, it seems to me, be a progressive stage to the time when we get to a, a receptiveness. You know, the Hindus have that idea too. Yes. There are a whole group of people with who, who brought me up, who, all the rest of it. They said, a new race was going to be born in California. Hmm? Listen to it, quite, quite interesting. They called it the sixth root race and so on. And this is what they believed. I mean, firm, it's not just a. And the world teacher is going to come to that race.
And that world teacher is already manifesting, is already here. You, it's, you follow, sir, this peculiar... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this. Do you feel, sir, as you have lived so long in the West of America, Arizona and California, that there is a new group coming to be? New new group, not group, new mind, world. new... Huh? New world. New, new oh, peace. yes. Yes, I think it's un- underway now. I think it hasn't... Uh, the whole group hasn't congealed no, no, no. They're no, not aware, not. but all over the nucleus of this, Is they're, they're place. forming. Yes, they're they're really in in existence now. I think of oh, a parallel of we'll read from history in the beginning of the Christian era when people met in caves and catacombs, little groups. separate groups. You see, and I think now. All these cells in big cities, small groups all over the country talking about the same thing and are interested. They already have an emotional relationship. So I think this, as the Indians call it, the emergence is taking place. What part do they play in it? The Indians? Or they have finished. I don't know what they will part they will play because they're becoming so rational and at the same time they're trained to hang on to their old traditions so this makes conflict yes sir this makes a terrible emotional uh, split and it's resulted in some village uh, of a schism an actual schism between the two groups they cannot reconcile, so it's ruining several pueblos, as it would ruin ourselves, this <laughs> terrible split, you see. There's a strange uh, difference in some of these uh, Indian mythologies, and I think Chinese, because I gather from them that they believe that such a conflict between opposite polarities, the conflict, is is what gives motion and energy in life. And I gather from you is only can we get that energy with the cessation of conflict. Yeah. Now, how, how would you, how would you reconcile these two points of view? Are the two different energies? Is one a destructive energy? So let's. I was thinking about this morning too. The only energy I one knows is this energy of conflict. Mm-hmm. 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 
me and you, in myself, broken up, friction, struggle, uh, battle. You know, the division in me is the fragmentation of energy, fighting each other. You know, I want this and I don't want that. That's one kind of energy, and that's the only energy I know. Now, when that energy, which is brought about through friction, comes to an end, if there is no friction in me, there must be quite a different kind of energy. Now that was the energy you referred to yes, yes, uh, yesterday in your yes, in your talk. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. I think that one touches that when you are really a great mathematician. You follow a great uh, scientist. You touch that and translate into some beastly little mm, mechanical thing. I don't know if. You've into mathematics, into uh, you know various inventions and r- rationalizations. Electric toothbrush. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> well, this old Chinese and the Mexican belief in movement and. Movement, change, and conflict. But so that's what the communists mean. Yes. Communists mm-hmm. say there is thesis and antithesis. And out of this two comes synthesis. And the synthesis produce another antithesis. And so we keep going, going, that's right. going, 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 forever uh-huh. and ever and ever. Uh-huh. That's a battle forever and ever. Yes, that's good. I'm glad you mentioned this because this is what has happened in mythology throughout the whole periods of four worlds, four eras. There's always this conflict, you see, and it takes place on one level, one world, and then of course it's resolved, the balance is reached for a moment, and then then it's back again, only reversed, you see, so it's... uh So, has mythology, any place at all. Take, for instance, the Hindu mythology Uh is enormous. We have no idea Uh the complexity of it. The Greeks had it, the Catholics have it, and that seemed to keep society together. Well, Mythology appeals to the yeah, that's down here. Wait, wait a minute, sir. Oh, that's excuse what I'm me. Going. Pardon me. This myth has helped people together. In India, it was the myth of of Brahman, of all kinds of myths that people said, "I must pay respect to. I must worship. I must behave. I must uh, prostrate myself to that." So that has held them for many, many centuries, and that is gradually breaking down. In this country there is no myth at all. 
There is a myth of science and uh, technology going to the moon. But that's that the real myth that help people together is absent in this America. And so people are breaking up and trying to create a new myth. I don't know if which science has destroyed, and science is trying to place a new myth. hoping to bring the uh, broken-up human beings together again. And so, is, has myth a place at all? Myth in the sense, an imagination, a Ideal. ideals, you follow? Myth. The Greek side, more, you know, Jupiter. I, I think myth does have a great deal of value because it appeals to the yes, sir, lower but, levels. But, it, it, but look at it around the other way. There are the inventions of thought. Are they in the inventions of thought? After all, the um, what? Jupiter, hmm? Zeus. Neptune, you follow? Yes, I was just. They 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 defied the skies, thunder, which the Indians have done, Hindus have done, and that held them together. And to go back to a, a new myth, which may hold people together for a while, it will again break up. I don't know if I'm conveying, if I make myself. Yes, I, I, I get what you mean, but I have a, probably a different idea of myth. That well, myth well, was created long after, after the fact. Yes, after the fact. After the fact, you see. Wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Myth, I, was look, I looked up in the dictionary, mean a fable, mm-hmm. a story, a traditionalized ideation, the, an event which took place, say, Three hundred years so now becomes idealistic, yes. coloured, beautiful, loved. It may have been a more stinking thing, but now it becomes most marvellous thing. So you think one myth only uh, creates another, and as a product of thought. That's and, the point. Yeah, that's the that's, that's, that's the thing I don't know because my idea of myth was not a product of thought, but. Uh, there is let's there is thunder. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a fact. Mm-hmm. I'm frightened. Mm-hmm. I'll be destroyed by that. Therefore, I pray to thunder, mm-hmm. and I defy thunder as Jupiter hurling thunderbolts, and I make a statue of Jupiter. 
mm-hmm. and that is Athena was the goddess of wisdom. Well, then we have no myth now to hold us together. But what's holding us together, if we had a myth, would be illusionary then, wouldn't it? That looks like it. Yes. And is there a way of holding people together without illusion? Without the myth which man has invented? I think there is, sir. That is Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. You see, that is the new group, new race, new uh, To hold them together without illusion, without myth. That's the point. That's the point. The cessation of thought, which creates myth. Yeah. That's very good. You see, when we were children in the family of Browns, the mother said, don't kill, don't kill a fly, because if you do, you will suffer next life. Behave now so that you will be better next life. Don't talk when the elders talk. Sit quiet, meditate. You follow? Be gentle. Don't, mm-hmm. don't hurt. You're a Brahmin. You follow the, the idea that myth helped people, made people behave. Now the Brahmin says, What the hell are you talking about? Why, why am I do what I want? You, you. Yes, I get it. Yes. And also the myth, I mean, in India and in Europe, especially among the Catholics, certain types of God is tremendously important. We may have a myth starting a modern myth starting because this space exploration and landing on the moon oh. has given rise to the science fiction stories oh. of a great mechanical robot universe. Okay. This is controlled by rationality. It becomes more and more and more excessive until you have a godhead of, yes, of excessive rationality. Yes, now this is the modern myth, I think, if there is such a thing developing. So the only I mean, way to con- counteract that would be, again, to appeal to those lower sublimal parts of each of us instead of through rationality. That is why I like your answers uh, to questions that are involved from a 
tormented people. Uh, they're not very rational questions. And you can't very well get into a long rational answer, but instead of that, when you answer them on something very simple, uh, references you do to the trees and the birds, it brings them right down off of that middle Hood. post, <laughs> you see. This is good. It settles in here. So I, I, I hope you do more of that. <laughs> so to come back to the point, as you raised it, if there is this new myth of rational, of the rational, against which the younger generation is fighting, saying, well, that's all, you know, we'll drink, we'll take um, LSD, this, that, in order to experience something super. So the, the, the old and the new is going to meet and battle. Mm -hmm. The young are as much an illusion as the other. I don't know. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is there in the American Indian uh, an inclination to take drugs and all that? No, no, they don't take drugs very much. They have one, they peyote. Peyote, peyote. They do take the peyote. Uh, but fortunately, it's used only by one big tribe, the Navajos, and they follow through the ceremonial ritual smoking. So only it's not it individual. Is not, it's not daily habit. No, 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 no. 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 No, our other uh, white people and Spanish people uh, are, are the ones that take yes. take drugs. Yeah. So you have lived in this country. You have seen here great, great many things happening: wars, uh, racial riots, and all the dreadful violence. What do you think is the outcome of all this? Well, sir, I don't know. Uh, we have the myth of the kind American who uh, has established a melting pot here for all yeah, races. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you look at the fact, I, know. I think the American is the most violent killer of all people. Oh, sir. Did you see how they were killing baby seeds? Oh, yes. Huh? Oh, the way they killed off by calculated genocide the whole Indian, Indian race almost. Absolutely. And then right down in the south, these terrible lynchings for no reason to kill off the blacks. Then you had the great yellow peril. <laughs> 
you see, till we've almost got to the point where the only American, true American, is the Methodist, uh, Republican Methodist. (laughs) (laughs) Good. And then that is developing into factions now. So where is the true American? Yeah. You know, Plus killing calling? off the animals, and now we've started in on the complete pollution of the air and the seas and the rivers. We just are destructive from the very start. And I don't know where this terrible destruction is going to end because it's so far advanced, I don't think anything can stop it. Yes, but I think the only thing that is of any hope is out of the vast ruin will emerge as, as you say a new this new group this okay. new race that that isn't emerging are we saying sir the new race or new group or new mind is not has no illusion has no myth, has no quality of of conflict. That's therefore, to be hoped for. <laughs> and therefore gentle people, and therefore gentle people, yes. you follow? Yes. If there's no conflict, there's no violence. Right. Yes. So do you think people in authority realize how serious all this is? Here in America? Or anywhere, I mean, <laughs> in England or in France. Oh, I think the poorer countries realize it. They're out of food. I, I, I understand see? that. In India, they're out of food. Yeah. Uh, millions or so. I, that and in Africa, I understand that. But yeah. I mean, take America, the power that be, the industrialists, the, the politicians, whether left or right or centre, do they realise what's happening? So I, two years ago I came here, three years ago, and those hills were extraordinarily beautiful. Look what they're doing. Yeah. Do they realise this, sir? That's all I... I think they only realise one thing. And that is, this industrialization is such a monster uh, that it has an appetite that's growing daily for resources and people. And that is getting bigger and bigger. And that appetite for coal, timber, rivers, water, animals, and people's brains and energies is growing all the time. But then you'd you'd destroy the world. I I saw a a phrase I liked, the polluted planet. Polluted planet. Planet. It's got to that extent. I hate to be pessimistic, but... So suppose you went to talk to 
some of these big politicians, would they listen to you? Or would they say, we know we can't help it, it is, we are caught in this? Would they say, all right, let us stop this? Well, here again you have the thing. Now, <clears throat> a great politician and a very important post in the government signed for this Black Lake or Black Mesa What's strip that? coal mining where they just rip up that whole Indian land for miles and pollute all the southwest corridor. And he signed that. And yet, a month after he was out of office, he wrote a book saying we must preserve the beautiful what scenery. Then? Now, there is... Uh, oh, well. well, it's... Uh, you first it murder, make, and then say yeah, we must stop murder. It doesn't only make you mad, but you must have a little pity when you think of the conflict I in the man, man that can do these two opposite things. You know, someday these are going to meet and this is going to destroy them. And I think that is what is happening to most of our industrialists. Last winter I met a cabinet minister and he said, you know what they are doing? I am utterly opposed. I'm just, I don't know why I stand this, I am so deadly opposed to this. Next day he gets up and says quite the opposite. But don't they know what this is all leading to? Blind are they? Or, they, it, or is it like a, an engine that is running, lost its brakes, is running, 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 catching, as you say, swallowing everything? You know, sir, that in the Vedas, you know what Vedas are, the old... Yes, sir. Um, this is predicted. Actually, I was told, I'm not ready, exactly what's going on. How the earth is going to be destroyed. You follow? Yeah. It's like so the yeah. word mm -hmm. for word, it's all written. Mm -hmm. And out of this, there's something new. That is the good thing. I think that always, from the ruins, springs up something new. <clears throat> but if you have polluted the air, if you have polluted the rivers, beyond all repair, You go South India or any part of India, that cutting down trees for fuel. Hmm? Government says you, this is our forest; you must not cut. They go on cutting because you, you know. And so, less rain. 
India at one time was the most fertile, heavily wooded land. You go now. There's a particular tree called Chinar, which was bought from Persia by the Mughals. Marvelous tree, marvelous, huge, lovely tree. And it is forbidden to destroy it. So, so you know what they do? At night or sometime they cut a ring round it. Oh. Nobody knows who has done it. No, no, sir. The pity of it all, you know what I mean? Men could be, huh? Well, it's good to What time is it, sir? Would you repeat that, sir? How does the American Indian regard sleep and dream? They go by <clears throat> by dreams all the time. They always depend on dreams, and they seem to dream all the time. It's amazing how they dream. To them, is sleep important? Not too important. Uh, ah, no. If they dream, they must have sleep. Yes. Uh, they have so many, some of these have so many religious ceremonies that last so long. Uh, I think they are a dozing half the time. Oh, yes. You correct. see, so if they are at that stage between uh, a dreamless sleep and the dream state and waking, those two areas. So what they say is a, a vision may be a dream or a dream may be one of these half-wakeful Wake visions okay. and they do not uh, uh, differentiate between the two. Everything is a dream. <laughs> but they have so many. They they go by these. You see, in America, I notice more and more, sleeping is becoming a problem. How so? Because they're taking drugs to sleep. Hmm? Oh, you mean natural sleep? Natural. Is, yes. Huh? And sleep is tremendously important, she says. And if you have, if you are inducing sleep through narcotics, whether it's harmless or not, 
you you bring the whole world of inquiry of perception. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Because the other night, I don't know if you saw it on television. A man walks up and down, and his wife is in bed asleep, and he can't sleep. And the the commercial says, "Take this, and you'll sleep." Hmm? Some pill or some liquid or that. And I said to myself, "Look what happens. This man competes, works, comes home tired, and can't sleep, and his brain is never quiet." Follows her, never rested, never peaceful, never looks at the yellow hills, and, hmm, and sleeps in you sleep, and then the brain is tired, goes back. You follow? Well, an Indian friend of mine has an <coughs> important post in his pueblo. He couldn't sleep. He was worried, so worried. So he gets up and goes down to the stream, and he stands on the earth in his bare feet and listens to the water and looks up at the stars until he feels that he's planted right in the earth, you see. And that water of the stream, he can hear it going through him all over. And then can see the stars, you see, that have the influence too. And uh, in a little bit, he is oriented to where he is. See, he's he didn't go back and sleep. But now that gets into another thing. If the Indian is is embodied for his awareness of his world would be of the world of nature, of which he is a part. But now that world of nature is being taken away. Now, of what would he be aware? You see? He can't put his feet on the pavement, and he can't listen to the roar of traffic because he's disoriented. So what world can he be part of? Part of, you see. That is the thing. And the other night on television there was a, an old Indian, an American Indian, on a, got down on his horse and he said, this is in the woods. And there was a lake in front of him, it was Lake Tahoe. He said, this is my lake. I drink water from it. And this is my sky. You follow, sir? He said it with such extraordinary feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. An old man, he said, now you're going to destroy all that. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, what, I'm, what I'm trying to find out, sir, from you is when the whole of America, the white America, is so driven, so horrendously active daily, his brain has no capacity to to 
live. You follow, sir, to yes, sir. to look, to uh, to relax, to mm-hmm. say how what a beautiful day it is. What's going to happen to the man? Heart attack, of course, and all the rest of it. What's going to happen to the man is going to this dreadful thing that happened down here on the road through Arizona, the main highway. They had a big cage there in front of a store, and in that they had an antelope. Oh my God! But over above the store was mounted a loudspeaker playing rock oh. music. And that poor dear antelope? Night and day. So, what happened? Well, we called up the state uh, cruelty to animal. Cruelty to animal, and they uh, said they'd do something about it. But they came out there about three or four days later, Eight. and uh, it's it's all open territory. It's an, antelope, an old antelope and buffalo range, a great range. So they set that. Dear. little antelope loose and it got out there with hundreds of miles to run in but you know that poor little thing just run around in a circle the same circle in the cage. of the cage I don't know what happened now that's what's going to happen to these men, men that just you see with that noise noise going all the time. That noise is going on in his head. Oh my God. Sir, this is Christianity. You follow, sir? I'm not a Christian. I'm a pagan. Quite, quite. Yes, you know. Uh-huh. No Christians here. No, because Sir, Christianity never emphasized the fact, don't kill. Never. They put it in the Bible, you know, but don't kill. They bless the canons, they bless the warships. You follow, sir? Speak about that perception you were talking about in sleep. I feel that it would be nice to, to go into that, if you would be. If you, would. you said the other day three things were related. Sleep, energy, and Kundalini. Yes, I would like to... Kundalini. Mm-hmm, I'd like to hear You've that. heard about that Kundalini? I know Kundalini, what You've it is. You've heard about it? Yes. First of all, sir, it should never be talked about. It should be. It, I, if you're interested, I'll talk a little bit about it. Very much, very much. The whole idea is all energy is seated round here. Yeah. And 
to release that energy, of course you must there must be absolute righteous behaviour. Be good, don't hurt. You follow? Yes. Sir. Never <clears throat> be angry, never think about yourself. If otherwise if if that is released and you are selfish, you're going to destroy Yourself, yourself and the world. If you are sexual, and if that's released, you will be a monster sexually. Mm-hmm. And if you are at all greedy, violent, equally vicious. Mm-hmm. So, don't touch that, or come near it, or think about it till this, till you are right, till you are. A real human being, as it were. And sleep is not only restful for the body, but for the mind to be quiet, which means the brain cells themselves must be quiet. You understand? Not ending of thought, the brain cells must be absolutely still, without dream. That's in the low state of dreamless sleep. Sleep, yeah. Below the state of dreaming, dreamless sleep. Mm-hmm. And? That is, you see, sir, the brain being very quiet, its its very quietness creates its own energy. Not the energy of memory or the energy of uh, competition, conflict. That's finished. Therefore, when the brain is quiet, it it renews itself in a new kind of energy. I believe scientists have touched, talked about a little bit. Hmm? I've seen the curves that they have drawn. Of I, the right, I haven't yeah. seen anything about yeah. that. I mean, I'm yeah. talking about mm-hmm. myself. I'm not talking of anybody else. Yes. And so there is this energy through sleep renewing itself all the time, which is, which is the energy which Kundalini is supposed to awaken. So, don't touch that at any price, till this is right. You follow, sir? Yes, till, I do, yes. till you are till you are really founded in goodness, till you are really in your heart of hearts, are really good. Others may do you damage, others may take you to court, do anything they like, but you are established there. And then perhaps the other thing will come naturally. 
But if you pursue the other, then you are in for trouble. Yeah, I understand. And there are people now from India peddling Kundalini. You understand, sir? Trying to release an energy. For these monstrous people. One of them came to see me. Do you remember that, gentleman? Yeah, I've seen these advertisements. Yeah. Kundalini God. yoga, you know. It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah. it's really blasphemous. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, um, it tries to manipulate that which is. Yes, releasing the all this, this evil. Sleep, energy. Energy. Sleep, Kundalini energy. Yes. You see, the some of the monks or sannyasis in India want to awaken this. Uh, some of them do, you know, uh, the whole mm-hmm. idea. As you see, they are traditional Hindus, mm-hmm. traditionally, I mean, rituals and, you know, all that, and this becomes a monstrous energy and within which this they are using for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like generals having superpower. Which is just what's happened. Yes, it's what's happening. Really. Yes, sir. And that is the that is the tragedy of the world. Yeah. Is that those who are not prepared are in a position to mobilize great resources. That's witchcraft. Yes, it's witchcraft, exactly. <laughs> yes, sir. It is witchcraft. Yes, it is. It, it is. is, it yes, is. Yes, it is. It is witchcraft. Mm-hmm. See, that's why those people who they say, as you become good, you'll have powers, clairvoyance, etc., etc. Don't touch them. You may have them, but don't go turn your back on them. I'm sure the Indians of America have that feeling too. Yes, they do, yes. And I notice the same thing, this very strong, intricate ritualism, as it gradually breaks down, witchcraft slips is coming up oh, again, you see. Yeah. Yeah. And now they even have a, 
my a, cere- a witchcraft ceremony. It's still secret, but a ceremony is developing. Okay. So I think that I've always believed that witchcraft is the obverse side of the coin of of religion, of ritualism. How extraordinary this is, you know. You find all this in India, all of this, going on now. Witchcraft is going on quite a lot in India. Here Here too. That's why, so when one sees all this, it, apart from I'm not depressed, I'm not. It's, I see it like that horrible building on that hill. There it is. One feels one has to become much more. You follow, boiling with all this. I would like to cut this all out of, of my knowledge and just work on myself. Yes, sir. That's all I can do. Yes, sir.